Ken Miller. Trent Condon. Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. All right, good morning, everybody, and welcome to a football Friday on Miller and Condon. It's Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM. Trent Condon and Ken Miller with you for the next couple of hours on a busy, busy program. As Fridays normally are, we will end things Ah, uh, well, with our picks, but before that, what really matters is giving you an opportunity to win some Claxon's barbecue. Claxon's 3131 8th Street Southwest in Altoona in business for about 25 years serving barbecue, uh, in Altoona. We will give you four games and a tiebreaker. Uh, you know the rest. A couple of our listeners will be eating BBQ at Claxon's. That'll uh, come by at about 1145. The rest of the BMW of Des Moines guest list looks like this. Uh, we're going to talk a few, spend a few minutes on the Green Bay Packers with our friend Dave Sinekin coming off a loss. The Packers are. They head to Houston. TheHeadCheese.com. Dave Sinekin will join us for, oh, five or six minutes here in about 20 minutes or thereabouts. Bottom of the hour. Tom Cakert, HawkeyeReport.com. We will talk Purdue and Iowa. Trent, they play tomorrow. Yeah, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. I know. I know. Uh, the, uh, the text chain with my buddies, the tailgate crew. It's been going a little crazy here today. I, I, bet I think it has. not a whole lot of work going to be done by some Hawkeye fans here on a Friday. They are ramped up. I'm ramped up. Everybody's mm-hmm. ramped up to, to get Big Ten football back. That's we'll get it, it back tonight with Illinois and Wisconsin. But something that for a long time I felt like we weren't going to see. You're a Sir Yacht guy. I was not. <laughs> Well, I, I thought was it was more over. of a. You were hopeful. That's, yeah, just this guy kept. Well, I mean, he's going down with the ship if he's wrong. Yes, sure he was. Uh, but, uh, anyways, uh, as we know what happened, and um, th- I think we're all better off for it. I really do. Big Ten's fun. Uh, it's, it's, it's to me is, nah, and you get the Pac 12, you have to play, but this, uh, this is more meaningful. Uh, Mitch Holtz is the voice of the Kansas City Chiefs. Not looking forward to this segment coming up today at 10.50. <laughs> it's, uh, Chiefs Broncos week. Boy, I used to love this week in, in previous years. Yeah. Being on the radio when Denver was good and the Chiefs were bad. And that was certainly the majority of the time, but that's not the case now. Uh, as the Chiefs will, uh, try and, I think they're going for the, the, Nine straight in this series? It's no way. Cool. Yeah, it is, Trent. It's crazy. That's That Since seems Peyton impossible. Since Manning retired, yeah, I don't think they've beat them. That seems impossible. 16, 17, 18, 19, that's eight. Yeah, this would be this would be the first game of 220. I mean, the Lions beat the Packers. The, the Jets beat the Patriots. It. It's I a division it. game. You I see know. them twice. We know how tough these division games, and it's been that long. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy to think. It is. I to- totally agree. And the Broncos me. haven't been like this year's Jets. It's not like they've been no, brutal. No, that's true. That's fair. Wow, that's a wild number. Yeah, Nine it is. Row. And it's going to be cold. And the snow is going to be falling in the Mile High City on Sunday afternoon. Anyways, enough about the forecast in Denver. Mitch Holtis will join us just before 11 o'clock. Just after 11 o'clock, Bama Bob Trent and I will go around college football, highlighting some of the marquee games uh, in college football. Dave Sproul covers Iowa State. He's in here at 11.25-ish to get the latest on Iowa State and Oklahoma State in a huge, huge game. Where, Trent, the majority of the people that I read, talk mm-hmm. to, listen to, they like Iowa State in this game. Talk to a couple of uh, handicappers I respect. They love Iowa State, one yep. of their top plays of the week. It, Boy, does it have that feeling where 
almost too many people I, love the cyclones. The same way because my picks, as I'm dwindling it down to five, we'll do at the end of the program. Oh, you're, so you must like a, you like a lot of games. I like I love a lot of games. I, the college slate maybe it's because the Big Ten's back. I yeah. think I have twelve games on my list in college alone. Huh. Twelve games. I can get down to three. <laughs> can I borrow a couple? <laughs> you you don't love the slate as much. I don't love the NFL. I like the I found a couple in college. Yeah. Um, but I don't. I certainly don't love the NFL. Though we both had the like the Giants last night, and boy, what a we'll get to that game in a second. Just I mean NFC hashtag NFC East, right? Yeah. Uh, Claxons at eleven forty five ish. We mentioned that. We'll give you uh, four props, four games, and the the tiebreaker in case you lucky enough to get in, and it's hard to do so as we only take four of you, is going to be uh, total runs in the World Series this weekend. Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Okay, I like it, yeah. I like it, too. we got to yeah. get base. It is the fall classic, uh-huh. after all. And then our picks coming up. We both went three and two last week, Both I went say. three and two. You uh, didn't gain any ground, but you're eking your way up to Mount 500 on the season. Which is well, kind of the goal. 1360 to, to one, yeah. 52.4% right. the number you're shooting for to break even with the juice. I am uh, hitting that number, and then some 58.6%, nice. 17-12-1. What's Williams, do you know? Oh, he does things differently. He's some weeks he's got two games, some weeks he's got eight. He doesn't do anything. Well, what's his percentage? It's a great question. He never actually puts that out there. Is there a reason for it? I don't know. I'd you know, you can know. follow his all of his picks at the Action Network. Both Chris and I are on there. No, no, no. Oh, the Action Network. Yes. But what's their uh, what's the uh, endeavor? Him and the Todd Action Kirk? Net, uh, the Action Podcast is what they also have. But you can follow all his picks that he does, and uh, he's in the red at least over the last 30 days. I just Mm. looked the other night. So, maybe saying a little something. Mm. Who's the best handicapper on this station right now? Do you have the lead? Is that what you're saying? I would make the argument. I don't know. We'll see what Chris can bring to the table with his numbers. Long season. Speaking of that, his partner, Ross Peterson's on his way to Vegas right now. Boy, who's the, who are they going with? Who's he going with? Going with the Charter House crew. Oh my! And, <laughs> and are they char- are they flying uh, Southwest? You know, I don't know how they're getting there. Bensi will be there. That, I mean, I can just imagine that crew in Vegas. And I just want to talk to the guys to when they get back to see what it's going, what it was like. Yeah, I'm with you. Just that'll be, I think, really interesting for my wife and I. To, should we take a trip? Mm-hmm. Vegas, I don't think would be one, but just a trip in general. What's it like? You haven't flown. No. I haven't flown. We drove to Colorado back in August, but that's it. I haven't taken a day off since I got back from Vegas yeah. in January. Right. We each took a day off to help our wives out. Uh, that's <laughs> true, yeah. Before my three-day vacation that I had. It, it's it's fine. I, I think I'm at the point where... Well, you have to live with it. I mean, look at this. Yeah. The I'd be are... willing to take a trip. Yeah. Probably have to be a special trip, but mm-hmm. I'd be willing to get on a plane. I want to see. I, I miss Chicago. Yeah, I missed mm-hmm. Chicago this summer. I love Chicago. One of my favorite cities in the country. Uh, and I miss going to Vegas. I, I miss going to Vegas. Uh, I really I remember do. how much you used to hate it. Well, well, when you had to live there, right? I would when I, when I lived there in 2013 for the whole year. It was it just it was torture. But prior to that, every three weeks, I would have to leave on Sunday and come back on Friday. That's a long week in it Vegas. Is. In a hotel room. And not, and not the fun part of the week. No, right. I mean, the office during the day and, you know, you, you by yourself sitting mm-hmm. in, a, in a book, drinking beer, eating by yourself every single night. Doesn't sound too bad. Yeah, I know. But after doing it every every yeah. third week for two or three years with no breaks. That's a lot. Yeah. That's a lot. Anyways, and there's a new sports book opening in Vegas, by the way. Circus Sports. It's downtown Las Vegas. Trent, I've Old never Vegas? S- Old Vegas. Okay. I've never seen anything like it. It's opening next week. If you like to go to Vegas, if you like sports, I'm assuming you do if you're listening to us. Yes. Um, 
you can find it online, Circus Sports, or I think it's on Twitter. It's just, well, I showed you during the break. Yeah, I'm not exaggerating him. I've never seen immaculate. anything like it. It's crazy. It's huge. It's double deck uh-huh. with the, where you can look down on the book. Kind of the theater seating, right? Yes. And the TVs. Oh, my God. The monster TVs just in front of you mm-hmm. that you have the book just off to the side. It is it is beautiful. So you'll see a lot of times if you follow me on Twitter on Sundays, I'll tweet Circus Sports because they're the first to release right. the college lines. And you'll a lot of times see how different those lines are compared to when everybody else releases them. They adjust very quickly, very low limits on those initial lines that come out. But uh, that's fun. That's another one that I need to add to the docket whenever I get out there oh, next. You should. Yeah, I think everybody should. It, it's really good. Fan. And it opens next week. And it's, 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 look, I was really proud of, of our books. We had the one the Venetian, we had mm-hmm. the Palms, you had the Cosmo, we had a whole bunch of them. Uh, and I thought they were really good. This puts everyone I've ever been in to shame. I mean, it's not even it's close. It is. Anyways, um, so let's, um, obviously, we've got two huge games, in, not in the state, but involving the state's needle movers, Iowa State and Oklahoma State. Is, is this the game, and we've talked about this in the first three, four weeks of the season, there's going to come a time this year where Brock Purdy's going to have to carry this team to victory. Mm-hmm. Is it this weekend, or are they, as most people think, Iowa State's got a better football team. That's where I am. I think so, too. I think they're better. I think they can run the football better. Mm-hmm. I think this is going to be that kind of game. Now, I look for Hubbard on. to have a big day tomorrow. You do? I do. I think the, his numbers kind of fool you a little bit. The with, coming out party is going to yeah, be happening here. Because he hasn't been playing a ton, I don't think, in the second half. Mm-hmm. I mean, they've beaten, uh, who do they beat, Kansas and West Virginia? Are they, yeah, yeah, yeah. Those, are those. the two scalps? Eh. Please. Both, neither one of those teams has a pulse. So in we'll Tulsa, see. who... Though they beat Central Florida, it's not a great no, offensive team. Uh-uh. They're not. And that's why I think, I don't want to say that it's fake, but it's a little fake. Oklahoma State does not have the sixth best defense in the country. I don't think they do either. Look at the, it's the product of the teams they've been playing in the lack well, of and offense. There's only been 70 teams that have also been playing. Well, there you go. When you get the Big Ten, the Pac-12, and the MAC, and everybody else back, I think that those numbers are going to change along with it. I don't think they're that great. And that quarterback situation, it just... Doesn't it seem odd? It does. Is it just Gundy playing coy here, or does he really like what he saw from, what, Illingworth? Illingworth? Illingworth, Yeah, I think it's Illingworth. Um, Does he like what he saw there? Spencer Sanders is the guy. He's going to get the job back. If he's healthy, he's going to start. Now, I don't know who's starting in Fort Purdue, conversely, tomorrow, because they've got a three-way quarterback battle, and uh, it might be the the, um, uh, transfer from the Big 12, or the Pac-12 that that, uh, gets that gig. UCLA kid, right? UCLA kid, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Plummer is the guy that has experience. They had another guy that was on campus that had a couple of O'Connell, O'Connell played when when Plummer got hurt last year. Plummer was good. I was impressed with him a couple of different Mm -hmm. times. I thought he was really good. What's the old adage? If you have two quarterbacks, you have none. Well, they got three. What if you have three quarterbacks? You have two. <laughs> does that thing change things? How does? I don't know the math. Burton's his last name. I know Burton, Burton's okay. his last name. Um, so I, I, if I had to make him. a bet, it'll be Plummer. I heard Dean Hart. He was on with uh, the Hawk Central guys earlier oh, in the was week. Was he? Yeah. And uh, Dean Hart. We should have got him this week. I know. Well, everybody got him this week. He was on, I think, a couple of different programs. Was he? I think he was on oh, Murphy and Andy, too. Good. So he's really good. Yeah. I really like Tom. I used to talk to Tom years ago when he was on Sporting News a lot. And uh, yeah, he does a really good job mm-hmm. over there. And just part of the crunch with BTN. Lost that gig. But now did over Did he at lose Purdue. that gig or did he walk away from that gig? Good question. I maybe thought, I since he, he got the Purdue job, yeah. maybe they said, I don't know. I don't know Speaking how Speaking of out. Big Ten uh, journalists, mm-hmm. Big Ten's losing a, a major, major name. Teddy Greenstein leaving the Chicago Tribune. Oh, I didn't see that. Yeah, he's, he announced it on Twitter this morning. You know he's going to work? 
points bet. Oh, yes. Yes. 24 years at the Chicago Tribune. A, this is one of, I think, the preeminent Big Ten writers. Yeah, he does. He, obviously, Northwestern's in his backyard, but he's part of all of these Big Ten uh, coaches teleconferences. He's really, really good. Uh, and he's, uh, he's moving into the world of sports gambling uh, to do their content. So, I mean, that's another blow to newspapers, in my opinion. Yeah. Teddy's really good. And the Chicago Tribune's had a ton of layoffs, and uh, it's another one of the papers going through transition. Anyways, so uh, so back to Iowa State and uh, Oklahoma State for just a second. Mm-hmm. And, and to your point, Trent, everybody, not, okay, that's hyperbolic, but most people that when they look at this game think it's Iowa State's, the wrong team is favored to, to steal a line from Lee Sterling. Better quarterback? I think. Better running back this year. This year, receivers. Wallace is Wallace is a different maker. Yes. Now you throw the tight ends into the mix. That's advantage Iowa State. That's advantage Iowa State. That Iowa State offensive line, even with the injuries, Trent, they've been adequate. I I, have, I didn't think that was going to be the nor case. Nor did I. Nor did I. I don't know if they've been great. They certainly haven't stunk. Defensively, two good defenses. Uh huh. Iowa State's front seven has been lights out. Those linebackers? Yeah, all three of them. Mm-hmm. All three of them. Um, and when you can cover ground like that in the mm-hmm. that umbrella system that they yep. run, and now you got Bailey back, and Bailey looks like Bailey again coming off the edge. They'll get a Sheem Young back for the second half, the second and they half. really like him. We how, much like do you, how much of an impact is that for the first half? Well, you know, they've got a senior that's seen a lot of playing time in Azuna, right? Yeah, yeah. Who's who's going to take most of his place. But there's a reason that the what freshman is... What is he, a seventh-year uh, senior? Yeah, he's been there a while. It doesn't feel that way. But there's a reason that the played for Bac- freshman... McCarty. He, he might have. Uh, is, uh, is listed above him on the depth chart. Sheem Young's a bit, beat him out in camp. Eisworth's Eisworth. He's coming around. Uh, Tavon Kyle is good. Uh, that's the matchup to watch. Who's going to get Wallace? Is it going to be Kyle? I would anticipate mm-hmm. that's what's going to happen. I think he's their best cornerback, so it'll be cornerback on cornerback, and um, Tavon Kyle would be the guy that I would put up against him, so that's going to be fun. I'm with you. I think Iowa State overall, top to bottom, is a better team. We will see. Huge, huge ramifications. Look, it's not that Iowa State, if they get beat, they're still in a really good spot with mm. the wins over Oak, the head-to-head over TCU and Oklahoma, but if you can win this one, I don't want to say you're home free, but you can spot that finish line. As we go over to Iowa for a moment, I uh, had this thought, and I think I brought it up to you before the show yesterday. We remember Iowa State all excited for the season. The Big Ten wasn't playing, beating our chest, and you go out and you lose to Louisiana. Now let's take it to the other side in Iowa. You go out there, you lose to Purdue. Mm-hmm. Who's what? Who's what did I hear yesterday? Five or six guys won't play, as well as a, a handful of coaches. I think four? Is it four? That, so that was it's not just like the head man. It's it's three of his staff, and you know, five or six of the players won't be able to answer the bell. We don't know names, obviously. But a worst case scenario for Hawkeye fans: you finally get your team back. Mm-hmm. You lose in week one, like Iowa State did, and on top of it, Iowa State beat six ranked Oklahoma State on the money line. Those two parlay it together plus four twenty. That's the the Hawkeye fan. If you're looking to hedge at least your hedge uh, at least a little money if things go so don't if go your way. So things go totally wrong for Hawkeye Iowa fans. loses. Iowa State wins. You can make some money and maybe ease the pain a little bit. Ease That's what pain. you're saying. Plus so four twenty. That's a oh, great price, I think, too. So Oklahoma on the money line. No, Iowa State on the money line. I mean, Iowa State on the money line and Purdue, Purdue on, on the, the money, money line. line. Put those two together plus four twenty. 
That is a good price. That is a decent price. All right, last night, real quick, as we segue to the NFL, we'll do five minutes or so with Dave Sinek <laughs> and the headcheese.com. I mean, typical NFC East, right? Here's a couple of my takeaways. Uh, and that game last night. I mean, that, that play for Daniel Jones, he's going to see that for the rest of his life. <laughs> it is. It's going to be like the butt fumble. It's going to be like the butt fumble. He'll never live that down. But he did show some wheels. Yes, he did. I mean, he was, what, 20? What did they clock him at? 21-plus miles an hour before the wheels started to fall off? Mm-hmm. You could see about the 40 that he was starting to get a little bit There's loose. There's a hitch. Yeah, that he was. That he, this is, is going to turn out well. But, man, oh, man, Trent. That ball he threw to Evan Ingram, which would have sealed the deal, yep. and the Giants would have been in first place, would have woke up in first place here this morning. You can't throw that ball any better than he did. Mm-mm. And Ingram somehow drops that football. Um, good tight end, too. He's, he's a good player, Trent. That game was over if he just catches the damn ball and it hit him right in the... It was perfectly thrown. It was perfectly thrown. There's nothing more you can do. Daniel Jones played well. What about Carson Wentz? What do you think of his... Some of his stuff, Trent, just like, oh my God, what are you thinking? Throwing, Throwing back across his yes. body into triple coverage. He was lucky that wasn't picked. Mm-hmm. The pick that was in the end zone um, at one point... Just hideous. Just, just bad football. But boy, he's a tough kid. He is. Yeah. He takes some shots, man. And he's willing to. I mean, he's a big boy to begin with. Right. But boy, oh boy, he puts himself in a bad spot and he took some shots. How about Elliot missing? So did you hear this little nugget? We love sports betting on this show. Uh, the first half number's three. Mm-hmm. It's 10-7 uh-huh. for the Eagles. Eagles had to lay three in the first half. Last play of the first half. Here's Josh Elliott. Pretty chip, accurate kicker. Chip shot. Needs a 29-yard field goal for this one... D- Man or woman who's got two hundred and fifty thousand dollars bet on the first oh, half. No. Now, if he misses, he gets his money back. Sure. But if he makes the kick, he gets two hundred and thirty-eight thousand dollars. That's the way to start your weekend. Yeah, pretty good start to your weekend, right? Two hundred and thirty-eight thousand dollars on a twenty-nine-yard field goal, and he missed. Hooked it. Hooked it. We're going to put that on our TV show, by the way, on Wednesday. I've already got that one uh, part of the script next week. Uh, It's unbelievable. That's sports wagering, right? It's the highest of highs. It's the lowest of lows. But can you imagine? you got to be ecstatic that you're in this spot. I mean, the least you're going to do is it's going to be a push. But all you're asking an NFL kicker, an NFL kicker, to kick a 29-yarder and $238,000 comes your way. Alas, it didn't happen. All right, it didn't happen for the Packers last week as they fell to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in big... How about this? The Tampa Bay Raiders game, which was scheduled to be on Sunday night, it has moved with all the COVID trouble uh, that the Raiders are in right now, including their offensive line. I mean, and we'll know more about that game, whether it goes off or not, but uh, there's a new Sunday night football game. It's Arizona and Seattle. Let's get Dave Sinek in the headcheese.com. We'll look back before we go forward. Uh, you know what, Dave? I want to start an entirely different direction with you before the game. You're in the Twin Cities. Uh, Sid Hartman passed away last week. By the way, uh, the guy that was uh, not his caddy, but his associate editor, did you read the piece in the Star Tribune about a guy who's really been behind Sid's columns and transcribed all his tape recordings, etc., his interviews? What a tear-jerking, tremendously written column. Dave Sinekin, welcome to the program. You must know what I'm talking about, right? Uh, morning, guys. Yeah, I did read that yesterday, and it, it's one that it stays with you. Oh. And uh, for all of us up here who you know know of Sid and, and the amazing life he led, and was still leading at the age of a hundred, 
we all knew that he wasn't really writing his column in recent years. And uh, I think it's uh, Mr. Day. I forget his first name. Starts with a J. Um, Jeff Day, maybe? Yeah, Jeff Day, I believe. Yep, me too. I, I think. Um, but, but his poignant, poignant oh. memories of Sid is, whether you're a sports fan or just a, a fan of the human condition, it, it's a must-read for sure. I had a tear in my eye, Dave Sinek, and I don't mind for saying sure. it was really well written. Well, I'm sure yeah. you had you shed a few tears last week watching your yeah. your Packers. I mean, uh, talk about two different football games, right? You're feeling pretty good about the way things have started, and then the wheels came off. And So what did we learn more about, Dave? Or maybe we didn't learn anything about the Packers, um, but I certainly felt like this Tampa Bay team, who I wasn't sure of at the time, boy, they sure looked like a major, major threat in the NFC after watching them last week. Is that an overreaction? Well, no, I I don't think so. I think they're they're built uh, to be a contender in the NFC, and they've got a terrific defense. And I think that's what we learned again, or maybe relearned, that when, when Green Bay faces a fast, physical, tough defense, they tend to wilt. That's what we've seen in San Francisco, even the Chargers last year. And Tampa Bay has that same kind of formula of uh, just a terrific run defense, great pass rush, and and a secondary that was a lot better than I expected them to be. So, um, look, they had 10 days off. They were coming off an embarrassing uh, loss to the Bears, a game they handed to the Bears, and and they were going to be focused and ready. And they took the first shot down 10-zip, but that pick six and then the subsequent interception off Adams' hands really did flip the script, and uh, Tampa Bay didn't look back. They are uh, an absolute contender in the NFC, and I think they uh, put the rest of the conference on notice last week. Defense has been an issue, and, of course, it cropped up against Tampa. Now you get to Sean Watson. They played really well last week for long stretches against Tennessee, ultimately lost that game in overtime. It's a road game. It's an offense that can put points on the board. Your thoughts as you look at this Texans matchup? Yeah, I think uh, it'll be a test for Green Bay's defense. I think it'll be an even bigger test for Houston's defense, which has been the worst in the league so far. I I think both teams are going to move the ball pretty efficiently. I think Green Bay's biggest um, concern is obviously the health of left tackle David Bakhtiari. Unlikely to play, has not Mm -hmm. practiced this week. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how they reshuffle the offensive line because Rick Wagner, who stepped in a left tackle, was overmatched by uh, Jason Pierre-Paul and Tampa Bay last week. So assuming the offensive line is able to do its thing, uh, I expect Green Bay to offensively just be able to do what they want, especially run the football. It feels like a big Aaron Jones, Jamal Williams day. As far as Green Bay's defense, I think they're going to get back Kevin King, the corner who missed last week's game. He's been practicing in a limited fashion with the quad. Um, they're going to need him with, with four legit receivers, including obviously former Packer Randall Cobb. And yeah, they're not going to get to Deshaun Watson, who just doesn't really go down very easily. And the Packers' pass rush has been a, a big disappointment through five games. So uh, it's going to be coverage. They're going to need King out there with Alexander and, and realize that uh, they've been lifted by the exodus of uh, O'Brien, and, and they're playing yep. better. They really should have beaten the Titans last week. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's going to be a, a, a test. Green Bay is 6-0 and in the state of Texas. Their last six games, they, they play well down there. I expect them to bounce back. But I do think uh, if you like points, you're going to get a lot of them on Sunday. <laughs> uh, you know, back to last week for one more. What is the, obviously there's bad blood. At least it seems like that, Dave. And Dominican Sue and Aaron Rodgers, uh, and I think, I mean, I know he stepped on him. I believe it was in a Thanksgiving game, but I could be yeah. wrong. It was, yep. wasn't it? That's what I thought. Yep. Um, Lions game. Yep. yep. Um, 
apparently after the game, Rodgers and, and, and he thought that him and Sue were going to uh, you know at least chat. I mean, they've both been around a long time. What what is what does this go back to? Do you know, or is this what Sue needs to be like in order to play at the level that he is? Well, it's funny because I get asked a lot, you know, who's the Packers' biggest rival, and it's always that fight between the Bears and the Vikings. But there's always been bad blood in Lions games, and, and Sue has been a big part of it for the years he was in Detroit, just uh, going that extra little bit to try to twist the needle. And, and we talk about stomping on the offensive lineman's leg, and that was just one of a number of plays. And he hits Rodgers, and, and he makes sure Rodgers knows it. There have been a lot of plays over the years where Rodgers thought Sue gave it just a little more than he needed to, and that's not something Rodgers really complains about too often. But uh, there's long been bad blood, and as Packer fans, I remember many times when the Packers would line up with the Lions, my fear was just don't let Sue hurt anybody this game. You know? <laughs> right. Let's just get through Sue without anybody getting you know sent to the uh, ICU. So, yeah, there's a long history of bad blood there. I don't think Rodgers respects the way Sue goes about his business at times. And I'm sure they had a chat about it after Sunday's game. Uh, Theheadcheese.com is where you can read Dave's blog. It'll be up some point this weekend. Now you're early on the radio in uh, Twin Cities, right, uh, with Packer Preview. Uh, don't you go 7 a.m., is that it? Yeah, now that the gopher season is back, there are, we are uh, obligated to carry a gopher a weekly program on Sundays at 8 a.m. So I'm back to my 7 a.m. time slot on Sunday mornings. And obviously the beauty of that is you can sleep in and, listen to the podcast on iHeartRadio or iTunes or whatever you get up. So you're not obligated to listen at 7. Indeed. Uh, Theheadcheese.com. Dave, we'll talk to you before Vikings Packers next week. Thank you, Dave Sinekin. Appreciate it as always. You got it, guys. Have a good weekend. Yeah, you do the same. Dave Sinekin, theheadcheese.com. Uh, Tom Caker coming up, HawkeyeReport.com. Right now it's time for another $1,000 handoff. Text the keyword THANKS to 200-200 right now. It's your chance to win 1000 bucks. You'll get a confirmation text and info. Standard data and message rates apply in this nationwide contest. That's thanks to 200-200. Tom Kakert uh, next. Mitch Holtis on the Chiefs coming up at about 10 minutes before 11. Miller and Condon till noon. Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO and 106.3 to learn more. The long haul. Ken Miller, Trent Condon, Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. This is KXNO. Hi, Miller Condon. Welcome back. Mitch Holtis, the voice of the Kansas City Chiefs, coming up 15 minutes or thereabouts. Right now, Tom Caker at HawkeyeReport.com. He'll be in Ross-Aid Stadium tomorrow, so will the Hawkeyes. That's why Tom will be there. Uh, he joins us on the program. Tom, Trenton, Ken, thanks for coming on. Game week, 24 hours and a little bit away. How are you, Tom? I'm good. Yeah, it would be weird if I was in ross right. Stadium and Iowa wasn't playing there, wouldn't it? You'd have to ask, what fun, the hell am I doing here? It's kind of interesting. Yeah, yeah, I guess. Well, I'm just going to hang out at ross for the day. <laughs> Maybe walk over to Mackey, you know. Not far, is it? Hang out. No, it's right there. <laughs> for sure. Hey, wait, how do you uh, do you like that stadium, Tom, before we get into the game itself? What's it like? I've never been. Yeah, um post game not great. It's a shower closet basically there. Harbaugh has complained about that before. Um I can't remember the quarterback, but they couldn't even do x-rays in the yeah. in the locker room area. Um so it's not good, but the press box 
brand new. It's much. It's almost like a carbon copy of Iowa's press co- press mm. box. So it's really nice upstairs. Um, you know, really nice place and treat us well. It's always a good trip there. Good stuff. Well, you'll be socially distanced in the press box tomorrow. Here's my yeah. question for you. Uh, and uh, Purdue's playing it very close to the vest. Uh, who's going to start a quarterback? Uh, Plummer seemed to be the guy. was the guy last year till he got hurt. Then O'Connell took over and wasn't bad at all. But they really like the UCLA transfer. Burton, might he be the guy? Or who do you think they're leaning to, Tom? And does it matter? I don't know that it matters a whole lot. In fact, Brom kind of hinted this week that they might play two guys, maybe more, and that maybe have some special things for a different guy. Purdue people seem to think it's going to be Plummer, um, and I would lean towards that too. And he played well against Iowa last year. I mean, he was through for what three twenty-seven. Of course, almost two hundred of that was David Bell. But uh, yeah, I, I think Plummer is going to be the guy. They're going to have weapons, and uh, regardless of the quarterback, you mentioned David Bell, who was a monster. You also have Rondell Moore back out there. But they will not have their play caller, Jeff Brom, not just the head coach, also is the play caller for him. His brother Brian will take over with those duties. He's never been a head coach before. He's never called plays before. How impactful is that in your mind, Tom? It's huge. Um, yeah, I talked to uh, Tom Deanhart right after that, and I said, how big of a deal is this? Is it a minor deal? Is it a major deal? And he goes, it's a huge deal. Mm. Brahm is just sort of like the cult of personality guy there. He's just the, he's the focus. He's the guy who calls the plays. He's the guy who is, you know, firing guys up on the, on the sidelines and everybody looks to him. So I think it's a really big deal. Um, you know, his brother hasn't been a head coach. He's 35, hasn't called a, ever called a play. Um, and he's thrown out there in that situation. I think it's, it, you know, it, it made me change my pick in the game. That's how big I think it is. Mm-hmm. So you liked Purdue in the beginning as well, huh? Yeah, I did. Yeah, I thought they could be. I thought they could, uh, you know, it was going to be a tough game as well. The COVID thing's obviously an issue, not only the coaching staff, but uh, apparently five or six players may not be able to go. Haven't got any names as of yet. But, Tom, I want to ask an Iowa question. What, uh, sure. who's listed, uh, who will start tomorrow that maybe uh, position wise that has the shortest leash, that it was a hell of a battle throughout camp? And yeah, this guy's going to start, but, you know, he's, he's maybe not going to finish. Who's, Who's that guy? Who's least uh-huh. is the shortest? Do you think? Oh uh-huh, boy, that's a good question. Um, you know, linebacker is really thin right now for Iowa. Um, you know, it got out that Jack Campbell's going to miss the game, right? Um, so Nick Neiman's going to move over, and they're thin. And Justin Jacobs is going to be in there at the other linebacker position. They're going to play cash. So um, I would say maybe Jacobs is the guy that mm-hmm. if he struggles. They're going to have to go to something else. Uh, but they don't have a lot of other else's, I don't think, at this point. You know, um, not sure if Barrington Wade's healthy, so maybe he goes out there. You uh, look at the linebacker spot, not a lot of depth there. Defensive backfield feels like there's some depth, but those moving positions around. Ultimately, what's it going to be? Do you believe Belton's going to be the guy at cash, or is he going to move back to a safety spot and it's going to be Moss at the cash position? At least a majority of the time, what would you anticipate for t- uh, tomorrow? Yeah, I just the way that they've been talking about Julius Brents and the fact that he was made available to us mm. on Tuesday yep. kind of tells me that it's going to be Hankins and Brents mm-hmm. at um, corner, Riley Moss at cash, and 
Dane Belton at strong safety. That would be my guess right now. Hmm. Well, we know who's going to start a quarterback in Spencer Petras. And, and Tom, um, look, the, the confidence that the young man exudes, at least in the uh, interviews leading up to the football game, his teammates absolutely love him. Uh, it looks like he has it, at least it, in the huddle. Now we'll see if it transfers over to the game, but most think that it will, and they've yeah. seen it in practice. Uh, what do you expect from Petras tomorrow as he gets his first start? Yeah, he does not uh, lack in the the swag factor. Not that not that he's boastful or anything like that, or overly cocky. Is he's he just kind of he's got that he's kind of the you know. <laughs> I just remember sophomore Nate Stanley walking out there to talk to us for the first time, and we could barely get two words out of him. And Petrus is just like a, you know he's flowing with uh, quotes and information and thoughts, and uh, it's just kind of a big difference um in, in how they um kind of deal with us but i just think those guys really kind of believe in petrus so yeah it's gonna but you got to see it out in the field mm-hmm. and you know does the moment get too big for him i kind of think not having people there is going to help him a whole lot because maybe those nerves don't get to him do you think ultimately we will get fans back in the stands at some point? I listened to a Commissioner Warren last night on Scott Van Pelt Sports Center, and he said, we're just looking at it week to week, and right now we're not going to have fans in the stands for this week. Ultimately, do you think they'll get there 15 20% capacity, something like that? I think so. I hope so. I hope in a, like two weeks everybody kind of gets comfortable. Mm-hmm. But then you saw the mayors from different towns yeah. send the thing to the Big Ten uh, today, I think, or oh, yesterday. Did they? Oh, I didn't see that. And they, yeah, yeah, and they said something about, boy, we're really concerned about having anybody in town mm-hmm. and anybody doing anything. So I get that. I, I'm kind of worried about that. I think that's a, that's you know, going to be a, a no for a while. But I'm hoping that two weeks, people will just say, yeah, let's just bring in. 20%, 15%, let some fans come in and let them enjoy. Uh, you know, in a few weeks, folks, we're going to be wearing masks anyway right. in a football game because it's going to be cold. Yeah, it's going to be cold tomorrow. Uh, other than the Hawks and Purdue, Tom, which, uh, which Big Ten opener has your attention? Uh, probably Minnesota yeah, me and too. Michigan. Yeah. I think that's just such a huge game for both teams, really. Because Minnesota's got aspirations this mm-hmm. year, and if they can go out and beat a name brand school, that's a huge deal. Um, for Michigan, they need some confidence. Well, this sounds like they might have a quarterback, Tom. I mean, they're pretty high on this Milton kid, and he's a big Mil- kid. I saw a stat. I was telling Trent this before the show. Um, Michigan is one in twenty against ranked teams on the road the last twenty-one games. You're kidding me. That, that's an unthinkable number. Michigan is one. Against the spread? To win yeah. the game. Just, you're kidding yeah, just me. Just to win. Just to win. Just to yeah, win a game. Just to win. This is Michigan. That's ridiculous. Are you guys sure? Yes. Tom had it. Tom had it. I saw it on I saw it on Vsin this morning. I trust those <laughs> well, guys. Well, yeah, they're a pretty good crew. Live from South they Point. The, they had the they had the whole list of all all twenty one games. <laughs> the only one they won was Michigan State. That's wild. What are we gonna yeah. see tonight? Wisconsin, Illinois, and uh the Graham Merch Show is underway. You work in recruiting, of course, Tom, over at Hawkeye Report, part of the Rivals Network. Yeah. And that guy, a lot of people wanted him to be their quarterback. What do you think we're going to see tonight in that one? Um, boy, doesn't Wisconsin have to be smartened pretty pretty heavily from last year being, what, 30-point favorites mm-hmm. down in Champaign and mm-hmm. getting beat? Yep. 
uh, I kind of think Wisconsin's coming out pretty strong. But um, I don't know if there'll be a ton of points. I think both teams are going to kind of kind of struggle. I the twenty seems a little heavy to me. I, I might take the Illini in that one. Just uh, you know the points, but Wisconsin's going to win. I agree with you. Uh, Teddy Greenstein leaving the Tribune. That's pretty big news yeah. this morning, huh? That's wild. Uh, I saw that early this morning that, you know, he's been an institution at the Tribune. years. And, and I don't know what Pat Fitzgerald's going to do. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's for sure. He's uh, very kind. And he's his guy. That was his guy, no doubt about that. Uh, he, was a good, he was a good Big Ten uh, across-the-board uh, writer as well. He did good work at the Chicago Tribune. They will miss him. Absolutely. Tom, we'll talk to you yeah. next week in advance uh, of Northwestern. Uh, look forward to doing that. Enjoy Ross Aid Stadium. Leaving tonight or tomorrow? I'm uh, going to head over uh, today uh, afternoon. Don't know if we'll be at the beef house tonight, though. We'll see. Good stuff. Going John. with Bona Camp? No, John's not going. No, it's limited seating. It's they only let like eight to ten visiting road or visiting oh, really? uh, media into the press box wow. now. I wonder if both register guys they had to be credentialed. Leistakow and Emmer. Yeah, they're good. Good. Yeah, they're they're both in. Excellent, yeah. Tom. Uh, good yeah. stuff. We'll uh, read you as we always do. HawkeyeReport.com. You'll be uh, live in the press box early and giving uh, putting out there what you see, and I certainly appreciate that. Thank you, Tom Kaker. Yeah. Okay, thanks, guys. Good to talk to you. Tom Kickard, HawkeyeReport.com. I like that, uh, you know, Tom's up in the press box early. Whatever mm-hmm. he sees, he puts it out there. Who he doesn't, he sees more, yes. maybe more important to, as anything. That That's a really important part of the beat writer. What and you maybe get this year more than ever? Absolutely, because we're not getting reports. Just look at P.J. Fleck this week. I'm not telling you anything. Right. Harbaugh never tells anything. Uh-uh. That's a huge game. I like that game. It's on my sheet. But does that make me waver a little bit? Should I pull it off? Because there's been so many rumblings. I've heard it on a local level. I've heard it on a regional level up in Minnesota. I've heard it on a national level that Minnesota's got a lot of COVID cases. Yet nothing has come out officially. And what will we know? Will it be 4 o'clock in the afternoon tomorrow? That finally when those guys start to go to warm up and the beat guys and we got Shipley and whoever else up there. All of a sudden, those tweets start. Is that what we're going to have to do I think for this? That's probably this is what we're going to have to do for the entire season yeah. and have so far. That's why, again, I was. That's the reason my picks on TV have been so bad. We're doing it too it early in the week. That's yeah. what it is. Well, that's why I thought maybe they wouldn't even put college football on the board. Yeah. Got a fire at it. Yeah. Well, a lot of people are. 1045 Miller and Condon, the voice of the Chiefs next. Mitch Holtis, as we take you until noon on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. And what. All right, 10 minutes before the hour of 11. Welcome back. Miller and Condon are on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Let's finish out the hour with our friend Mitch Holtis. He is the voice of the Kansas City Chiefs, who I hope take it easy on my Broncos this weekend. Oh, look at you. Oh, setting me up. Come on, setting me up. Uh, got this thing perfectly set up. You, you get the Chiefs have to do a rescheduled game. They've got a short week. They were on the road and have to go on the road again. The league rarely does that in all their algorithms of going, oh, road Monday, road again Sunday. Like 8% of the time, not in COVID. You got this all set up 24 degrees, three inches snow. of snow. Yep. 
And uh, come on, man, you got this whole thing set up for us. Oh, I hope you're right. I fear you're wrong, and I believe you're going to be wrong. Anyways, such a fun game. I wanted. There's so many. Uh, being the the past of Pringle was an all timer for Mahomes. I mean, he's got a lot of those, right? But that was such a huge, huge play in the game. But where I want to start with you uh, is this offensive line that gets banged up. Schwartz has to leave the game early. We know Ko wasn't able to answer the bell, and he's going to be gone uh, now for the rest of the season. But boy, oh boy, Mitch uh, Hilaire did some damage on the ground yet again i'll just quickly go through it so schwartz well first of all uh rammers has to start at left guard he's never started there in the regular season two postseason starts with the vikes there but no left guard starts uh, so and then at center they're going to use daniel kilgore who's only played four placement snaps this year whoops to second series schwartz is out now the aforementioned rammers has to go to right tackle in comes that nick allegretti who hadn't played hardly at all in two years and that's your group and what happens it's the best rushing performance in the Andy Reid 22-year head coaching career, and Clyde Edwards-Elair goes for 161. Clyde was excited, Ken. He knew it when those holes popped open. And for a running back, that is like music to the ears of a great connoisseur kind of, of orchestras. You know, O-line had plenty of movement, and I was and I was able to, I mean, as far as my reads throughout the week, everything looked like the way we practiced. So uh, it came easy, and, I mean, as, as far as you've seen, the O-line was hyped up. So as long as they're hyped up, we're going to keep rolling. And they certainly and did keep rolling. Be, yeah, yep, they got to keep – and they were going off adrenaline. You guys have done this. You go off adrenaline, and then the adrenaline comes off, and this week you got to do it again. This isn't about adrenaline this week. This is about consistency. And, Ken, your Bronco front seven is feisty. Mm -hmm. They are feisty, and they made life miserable for Cam Newton last week. Yeah, they did. I think that this team's a little better than I thought, Mitch. I mean, uh, Shelby Harris, I don't know how he does it. He gets one, blocks one or two passes, or uh, he's been uh, he's been really good. Josie Jewell, the former Hawkeyes, playing his best football uh, of his pro career. Just one more on the offensive line. And you mentioned his name, Allegretti, who I, I didn't know anything about him. He's a tough, nasty SOB uh, at left guard, uh, Mitch. I, I'm assuming he enjoyed watching the film back on Monday. He played very, or on Tuesday, he played very well if you called the iowa staff they would tell you about him because he was one of the few bright spots on the bad illinois teams when he was there and he moved around a lot but i hadn't seen that i hadn't seen it for two years of two camps and the, the time that he had been on the field i hadn't seen that come out but that was total bulldog but he's gonna have to do it again i'll tell you too there's even guys on the bronco team like mike purcell yep. he's really kind of the uh chiefs uh mike pinnell Chiefs had Purcell at one time, and I think there's some scouts that wish they still had him. This Bronco team, yeah, is they're high energy. They're playing with confidence now, winning two games in a row. This this game's on, particularly the way you have it set up with 24 degrees, three inches of snow, and you put 30 weight motor oil on the feet. <laughs> no Sammy Watkins last week, and it felt like, all right, here we go. McCall Hardman's going to get his opportunity. One target, no catches in the game, just 13 catches all year long. Second-round pick from a year ago. What's going on with Hardman? I know a lot of weapons out there, not enough footballs maybe to go around. Your thoughts on him in his second season? The Minute with Mitch I put on Des Moines on Fox 17. I know you guys watch it faithfully every yeah, Friday absolutely. night. I'm scooping, you, I'm scooping you, though, on next week's news. It's on Hardman. Because I'm kind of perplexed, Trent, why people are kind of freaking out on it. Uh, here's, here's his numbers since he's entered the league. Catches. Targets, 59. Catches, 39. That's a 66% catch ratio. Averaging 19 yards a catch. 
in those 39 catches, eight touchdowns, including an 83-yarder against the Ravens, a 63-yarder against the Titans, a 104-yard kickoff return uh, to turn the game last year against the Chargers, and a 58-yarder against the uh, – oh, we're down 24 to nothing to the Houston Texans that flipped that game or we wouldn't be having a Super Bowl parade. He's the number one kick and punt returner. He's not going to get 10 targets while he's in that role. Now, he's going to get three to five targets, and your point is he's got to maximize, though, if he gets the three to five targets. But I would tell everybody, just kind of just cool the, cool the jet skis here at Lake Okoboji a bit, because when you least expect it, he'll pop you for 85 and the game changes. Mm-hmm. What do you expect from Le'Veon Bell this week? How will they divvy up the carries? Edward Hilaire, I thought, had his best game since week one against Buffalo. Le'Veon Bell's a pro. Williams and Thompson both had their uh, had carries against Buffalo. How will it work out uh, with the running backs? I don't know if you ever tried to use Rosetta Stone to learn Mandarin Chinese, but this offense has a lot of volume to it. Mm. They're going to have just some pieces for Le'Veon so he can be a part of this game. But perfect timing for Le'Veon Bell to join this team. 24 degrees, 3 inches of snow, 38 motor oil. Le'Veon Bell, in his first 13 games in temperatures below 30 degrees, was 12-1. and one. When he was in his prime with the Steelers, they won 12 straight December games. He loves these kind of games. Iowa fans, memory him at Michigan State. What is he going to do? He'll give them enough. He'll give them just enough that they can use it in this game at 227 pounds to get three yards or a swing pass for five or a screen pass for seven and pass protection to help your chopped-up offensive line to basically give you five-and-a-half offensive linemen when he's in there. Final thing for me, Mitch, and uh, dealing with Eric Bieniemy looks like there was a report in ESPN. It's a near certainty that he will get a coaching job this year after the season concludes, whenever that is for the Chiefs. You mentioned Dave Taub, who's the uh, special teams coach, was with my Bears, and just an excellent coach. I know he's interviewed for quite a few head coaching jobs, ultimately hasn't been able to get one. Would those be the two guys that you'd be most worried about losing after this season? Yeah, and on October 24th or 3rd or whatever it is, I'm not worried about it, nor is EB, but he will get a job. Yeah. I don't know about Tobe. I love Dave, uh, but it's hard for special teams coaches to get head coaching jobs, and I think Dave has found that out. It's much easier in this level of football or this day and age of football to look first at the offensive coordinator. Everybody wants the next hot offensive coordinator. That's why EB is on the list. That's why Dave got the job in your, your Bears, and it's why Doug Peterson got the job with somebody's Eagles. So, I, yeah, E.B. will get a job this year, and he deserves it, over-deserves it. With Tobe, I'm not so I, – I don't know. It's going to be rough for Dave to get it. Um, Hawks and Clones both play 2.30. I can just see doorbells throughout Central Iowa ringing about 5.30 with a piping hot Papa John's pizza showing up. What's going on with the good folks over there, Mitch Holtis? You know what? You mentioned Pringle. What's, what's lost in this Chiefs team is the sauce. Because we can put all kinds of toppings on Papa John's pizza. It's the sauce. Made at their secret um, lab just outside of Johnston. And don't even think about getting close because it's under armed guard, Iowa National Guards out there. So just forget it. But you can order it at PapaJohns.com or you get the uh, JDRF special where they're going to give money back to Juvenile Diabetes Research Foundation. The secret men is in the sauce. Same thing with Andy Reid. Mm-hmm. Go easy on my boys. Oh, come on, you're setting me up. <laughs> Trent, just jump in here. Man. I know exactly what he's party. doing. He's laying in the he weeds. He's a snake. Oh, my gosh. Uh, what, what is it, eight straight now for the Chiefs over Denver? I think it is eight straight. 
nine if you're keeping track at home. I'm not. And five, and five straight in Denver, but that's okay. I Not that I'm keeping track. All right. We'll talk to you next week, Mitch Holtz. Thank Thanks, you. Mitch. Good to talk to you. Oh, oh, Canada. Oh, Canada, indeed. See you, pal. Mitch Holtz is Voice of the Chiefs. Hour two coming up next.